It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome. You are listening to the Search Dog Podcast, produced by the National Search Dog Alliance, a not-for-profit membership organization whose mission is to provide education, certifications, and a voice in the future of search and rescue canines. I'm your host, Eva Briggs. You can contact me with feedback, questions, and suggestions by emailing podcast at n-sta.org. That's podcast at n-sta.org. And you can learn more about our organization by visiting our website, www.n-sda.org. Welcome to the Search Dog Podcast number 28. I'm your host, Eva Briggs. I want to thank Larry Welker, who helped produce the first 27 episodes of this series. His advice has proved invaluable in helping me to continue the series he started. First, a little bit about myself. I'm a member of the Tompkins County Search and Rescue Team located in Slaterville Springs. That's just outside of Ithaca, New York. I've been involved with Search and Rescue for 10 years. I've been a member of the National Search Dog Alliance since its inception. I've trained two air scent search dogs, which puts me in the advanced beginner category. I hope to bring a variety of topics to the podcast of interest to all members of the search dog community. For my first podcast, I recorded an interview with Michelle Weiss of Lockeye Border Collies. I asked her to describe early neurological stimulation of puppies and other ways that she prepares her puppies to reach their fullest potential when they go to their new homes. Her techniques are similar to those described in the National Search Dog Alliance's book, The Pick of the Pack. You can find the book, which is an all-inclusive guide to selecting your canine SAR puppy, at the NSDA website. Just go to n-sta.org forward slash store. Click on the manuscript collection. You can also read more from Michelle at her website, lockeyebc.com. That's L-O-C-K-E-Y-E-B-C.com. By clicking on the puppy page link, you can review the topics that are covered in the interview. Talk Recorded live. I have with me today Michelle Weiss, who is a Border Collie breeder located in Oklahoma. She's going to talk to us about early neurological stimulation with puppies, as well as other things that a breeder can do to help develop the puppies to be the best socialized and get the best start in life. So, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been breeding puppies? Sure. I've been uh, raising Border Collies for about 25 years. Uh, Originally, I just wanted to uh, train Border Collies to work livestock, and I did that for about 10 years. Um, I would raise half a litter and train them to actually work the livestock and be functional ranch dogs and then sell them as ranch hands. 
And so I got to see firsthand what my breedings were producing in the long run. So um, after about 10 years of doing that, I backed off a little bit on doing the cattle work and started raising puppies for uh, search and rescue, dog sports, and pets, and frisbees, just uh, whatever people wanted to do with their border collies. And I was raising puppies to work cattle. I discovered that uh, when you did things like the early neurological stimulation, it paid off in the long run because your puppies were, were better balanced animals. So what exactly is early neurological stimulation anyways? Early neurological stimulation was developed by the military uh, to get the most out of raising the puppies that they were raising for whatever, for uh, guard duty, for bomb sniffing, uh, just uh, whatever they were doing with their dogs. They knew they had to try to find a way to do it the best and produce super puppies rather than just leave it to chance. I think it was back in the 30s when that was developed, 1935 or 40s, something like that. I'm not quite sure. There's always the question of nature versus nurture. And uh, in racehorses, they discovered that uh, it was really only 35% of, of nature or breeding, and nurture was about 65% of it. So that said, the earlier you can start doing something with, with your animals, be it horses or puppies or whatever, the more you can get out of them as individuals and whatever their life is going to be. You know, if it's hurting livestock, they need to be able to do that and not be afraid of the livestock. Um, so the early neurological stimulation is a, a biosensor program. Basically, you start when the puppy is three days old and you do a series of exercises. You tickle the puppy between the toes with a Q-tip. You hold it straight up and down for three to five seconds, then you hold it upside down for three to five seconds, you hold it on its back for three to five seconds, and then you hold, or put it on a, a cold towel for three to five seconds. And this, this gets the, the neurons firing in its brain and also it um, stimulates the puppy. And in the long run, the, the benefits, there are like five benefits, but the ones that I care most about or it helps the puppy become stress resistant and resistant to disease. But there's also like improved cardiovascular function and all kinds of uh, medical terms like that. But basically, it makes the puppy a, a better puppy. That's really pretty amazing. So how much time does it take for any one particular puppy to perform the whole series of maneuvers? It's very nominal in a sense. You, have three to five seconds doing each each uh, exercise. Uh, you know, you go. Any breeder should do this because it, it's just so easy and and quick to do. But uh, where that ends off at um, 16 days, it's um, you start at three days and then you end at 16 days. I do other stuff with my puppies. Yeah, um, I know we. Then on your website, you've got quite a lot of information. But I'm going to ask you, you know, start off with, where are your puppies born? Uh, the puppies are born wherever I'm sleeping at. If I uh, happen to be sleeping in the, the bedroom, my husband's working nights, and I'll have a, a puppy crate by the, uh, a large welting crate by the bed, and the mama will stay there 
when your temperature drops, and I whip out the puppies, um, it's just more convenient. Uh, if I happen to be watching TV by the couch during the day, the puppies will, or the mama dog will be right there. So they're, they're whipped out right by my feet, basically. And when the mama dog is done, uh, then I transfer her and the puppies to a welcome box, and that's in the dining room. That's so I can keep a good eye on, on the mama dog and the puppies, make sure they're all nursing. And if they were out in some building, I wouldn't be able to hear them if they were, were crying and uh, one was being laid on accidentally. You know, things like that just happen when you're raising animals. So you're really able to keep a pretty close eye on things. How long do they stay in the house in, in your dining room? Uh, when the puppies start climbing out of the whelping box, that's usually between two and a half to three and a half weeks. Uh, the first puppy that climbs out begins the the process of expanding the area. So what I'll do when the first puppy climbs out is um, take out the welting box, uh, enlarge the, the play area. The mama has an area where she can get out away from the puppies, but uh, this begins the, the the stimulation of the puppies from a a really uh, active participation. Uh, what I mean by that is I will, when they're three weeks and three days old, puppies start to play with each other. They will start gnawing on their faces and legs, and they can barely walk, but they're, they're playing. So then I start putting in pug toys and small uh, infant play toys I find works really good because they're safe for infants. They're obviously safe for for puppies, but um, this gives them something to pick up and jingle and uh, tug on, and also I use toys that make lights and noises and sounds. Um, my puppies even have a, a TV that they can watch that I play kid shows. Um, so how long does it take them to learn how to operate the remote for the TV? <laughs> <laughs> the cat does that usually. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, so you really give them quite a variety of toys um, for texture, sound, um, and how about um, feeding them? I, I understand that you'll supplement your puppies with goat's milk. Um, why do you do that? Right. At, at two weeks, exactly, I start offering them uh, a human baby bottle that uh, is designed to prevent um the intake of air so that they don't colic or they don't get an upset tummy. Um, they still get their, their mama, you know, 24-7 as much as she wants to be with them. But I, I take them, uh, sit on the couch, and I'll uh, put a towel on my lap, and I'll offer them a bottle. Uh, even if the puppy's full, it might take, a you know, a half an ounce or so. It helps bond them with humans from a, a very early age. Um Food in the animal kingdom is security, and when the puppies are nursing on the mama, they um, they learn to smell for her, and um, they they just have a really warm and fuzzy feeling, literally. So when I have the puppies in my lap at two weeks old, and I'm offering them a bottle one at a time, uh, they start to transfer that feeling to me as a human. They smell me, they, they feel my movements. Uh, I'll rock them back and forth like you would a little baby, get them used to movement. Um, and I also, uh, right before or after 
I it depends on you know what I'm doing, but um, I will drill their nails with a uh, you know the, the tool that that grinds the nails, and that helps them get used to the the, the odd sensation of the vibration of the Dremel tool. <clears throat> so, what other kinds of sounds do you try to expose your puppies to? Uh, everything. Uh, I've got a series of CDs. <clears throat> I forget the lady's name, but it's called Sounds Good. And it's everything from thunder to uh, gunshots, fireworks, uh, infants crying, children playing, dogs barking. You always wonder what the dogs on the tape are saying. But uh, uh, they really do uh, are exposed to a lot. And not only do I expose them to sounds and different toys, I also build little things like... um, uh, miniature A-frames and wobble boards, and also I use uh, Little Tykes play toys like um, slides and stairs and tunnels, anything that I can come up with uh, to help the puppies just want to be want to explore life, and that really does help. Now, of course, everybody who gets a new puppy wants to teach their puppy, at least I hope they want to teach their puppy to sleep quietly in a crate or stay quietly in a crate um, when they would otherwise be in the way. And so how do you help get your puppies ready to stay in a crate? Sure. As um, uh, when the the puppies are a little bit older, say five weeks old, well, actually at four weeks, I have a, a large crate in there that the mama can go in and out. But I found that if I put either a heating mat or a cool mat, the puppies will naturally gravitate to the crate, and they will go in there willingly. Uh, you know, you'll you'll walk in the the room with the the romper room where the puppies are, and all the puppies will be in the crate, and um, that makes it very easy because you know warmth, comfort. They go in there when they're hot. They go in there for cool, and when they're five weeks old and I'm feeding them, I will put two by two in each crate, uh, individual puppy crates. And what they will do is they'll eat in there. And, of course, when they eat, they feel comfortable, they feel secure. And with temperature, climate control, and the feeding in the crates, they they learn that crates are a really good thing. So usually one of my puppies, you can just leave the crate door open, and they'll go in there. So it's not... It's not like one day you suddenly decide to throw them in a crate and shut the door. They don't have stress and they don't freak out about it. They, they grow up learning to seek out the crate for security like it was a den. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they get a head start on that. Correct. And you also do a lot of training, uh, clicker training, with your puppies, even though they're only with you for on the average of nine weeks or so. So when do you start training your puppies with a clicker? I I start uh, training the puppies even before they're old enough to to be clicker trained. When I first start feeding them gruel, which is what they uh, transfer to after the the milk from the mother, I'll uh, put bill jack, which is something I can get out here. A lot of people can't get it, but I put the puppy food, basically, in a um, blender and uh, make mush or make uh, gruel, and I'll put it in a uh, muffin cans. Then when the puppies are eating in the muffin cans, 
they don't get as messy. If never I'm uh, putting down the food at three weeks, that's when they switch to a grill. I will whistle for them. I'll you know, whistle and I'll call, boop, 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 come. So they learn at three weeks to come to the my voice. Um, and I'll even, at three weeks when they've learned to see me and start running, I'll go over to the other side of the pen. I'll have them follow me back and forth so that they're coming once or twice with each meal. And um, at five weeks is when the formal training begins. I use this um, a food called Bill Jack Frozen. It's like doggy hamburger. But uh, if a breeder couldn't get that, they can cut up chicken. Uh, they can soften the puppy food and just feed one piece at a time. But basically, uh, what I'm doing on um, clicker training, there's a lot people can read about clicker training. Uh, I teach the puppies to come first with the gruel, and then they naturally want to come to me when I'm clicker training, when I'm charging the clicker, which means I click and I give them a treat, I click and give them a treat, then I take a few steps away, and the puppy will follow me, then I'll click and give them another treat. And after a few days of that, uh, the puppy will uh, start to um, just automatically follow me wherever I go. And then I add the sit command. And I do a lot of luring, which means I'll hold the food up just just above the puppy's nose, and then I'll sit, then I'll click and give it the treat. And I, I go on to teach the puppies to lay down and also to shake hands or wave. And also leash train um, the puppies, teach them to walk on the left side. Well, that's amazing that they learn so much at such a young age. Another thing anybody who owns a new puppy um, probably wants is for their dog to be socialized so that they'll be okay around children, um, other animals. What kind of exposure do you offer your puppies to children? Well, luckily, I have a good friend who has three grandkids, ages from one to uh, five years old, and they usually come over at least twice and play with the puppies. If not, I've got another friend who's got uh, a five-year-old uh, niece, and she comes over and plays with the puppies. But no matter how much children socializing I do here, it does not end when the puppy leaves here. Uh, a puppy can be used to kids from six to nine weeks, but when it leaves here, it has to continue its exposure to kids and all other socialization. But it's really important that a puppy grows up from even six weeks to uh, six years being around kids. Because if you don't take your young puppy around children, it naturally will be either afraid of them or it will want to hurt them or just overreact. But if you have them around kids, during those times, it, it will grow up to respect kids. Yeah, I had a very fortunate experience that even though my kids are older, when I got my current dog, my neighbor had three small children, and they I just invited them to spend a lot of time at my house, and as a result, he absolutely loves kids and thinks they're the best thing in the world. Um, and finally, you know, the puppies been with you for a while and they're going to their new homes. How do you match a puppy with the correct owner? Um, is there a certain time when you try to to get the, the people pick them out based on how they look when they're newborn puppies or do you 
do something different to make sure you get the right puppy to go to the right person. Yeah, any breeder that lets a, a, a client, a puppy buyer, pick when the puppy is newborn is playing Russian roulette with both the dog's lives and, and the, the home that the puppy's going to be in. You can't tell a thing by looks. Um, so what I require is the, the puppy buyer's wait until the puppy is seven weeks old. Now, I can guess some things at five weeks and six weeks, but with that extensive training that the puppies really go through, it's this light training from five to six weeks, but from six weeks to seven weeks, their brain is really starting to work. So I can uh, tell if the puppy is going to be higher drive or lower drive, which puppy just wanders away and is, and is independent, which puppy is Velcro, and, and all of that helps when I get to know the people through the questionnaire on the contract and also just talking to people and finding out what they liked in previous dogs and, and what they actually need for their, their current situation. You know, if it's going to be search and rescue, if it's just going to be a pet, are the people couch potatoes? Do they need a lazy puppy, which is rare in a border collie, but it does happen. Yeah, yeah my neighbors once actually had the world's only couch potato, Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> so, well... Um, if anybody has any questions, they can email me at podcast at n-sda.org. That's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at n-sda.org. And I'll forward those questions to Michelle so that we can answer them on a future episode. So thanks for speaking with me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the first podcast that I produced for the National Search Dog Alliance. Please email me with any questions that you have for our speaker, Michelle Weiss of Lock Eye Border Collies. If you have a suggestion for a future topic, a suggestion for a speaker you'd like to hear, or if you yourself would like to make a presentation, please email me. Do you have any announcements that you'd like read on the air? Maybe there's an upcoming training event. Maybe you have some search dog news. Or perhaps you want to give a shout out to an NSDA member who has an achievement. Please email those to me. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you'll come back and listen again next month. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.